us. Um, the passage is Luke chapter 1. To give you a bit of context, uh, the scene before this, Mary has met the angel who has promised her that she will bear Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And Luke picks us up afterwards. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Hello, everyone. My name is Amy. If I haven't met you before, I'm uh, the Kids and Youth Minister at St. Jude's. Uh, and now, if you were here this morning at our all-age service, you still have to laugh at all my jokes. Um, and you can spot the difference for this evening. Um, uh, I also have some fun goodies to bring out as we go along today. Um, last week, uh, we had the great joy uh, at our 10 o'clock service of witnessing um, some of our young people, some of our teenagers get baptised and confirmed. And it was, uh, it was a truly wonderful moment. It's like highlight of a youth minister's year, right, when this happens. Um, where teenagers declaring their faith in Jesus and their commitment to following him with their whole lives. Uh, and it was just, it was a really huge encouragement for me personally, for our leaders, for their parents um, and each other. Uh, and our passage today involving Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, uh, she's, she's a young person. So often I think we have this, um, we think of Mary as someone like this, a regal stained glass portrait of someone who looks appropriately distant and holy and apart from the rest of us plebs. But, really, we should probably have a picture of Mary more like this. Um, uh, she's a young girl. She's, uh, she's a teenager, somewhere between the years of, like, 12 and 14 years old. Um, she has not been a mum before. This is her first time. Uh, and she's just one of your average teenage girls uh, in the small town of Nazareth. This teenage girl wasn't chosen because she had all of this experience babysitting other family members or because she'd made a name for herself in her small town. She wasn't chosen because she deserved it or she worked for it. She was just chosen because that's who God chose. 
God decided to work through this young person who is completely dependent on him. And I hope that today we can be a bit encouraged by this, but inspired by the response of this young teenage girl uh, to be continually dependent on God and to trust him in all things and then to praise him for his goodness to us because that's what she does. So let me pray that for us. Loving God, you work in amazing ways through humble people. Please open our eyes to see your work in this passage today and in our own lives that we might humbly trust in you and give you all the glory. Amen. Now last week we did have a look at the story where Gabriel announces to Mary that she's going to have a baby. Uh, Not just any baby, the saviour of the world baby, the king of kings baby. So there's no pressure or anything for this girl. Um, All throughout the Old Testament... God made promises to his people. He made promises to Abraham uh, that the whole world would be blessed through him. He made a promise to David, King David, that a, a king that would last forever would come from his family and would rule forever. And then he promised the prophets that a saviour would come to save his people from their sins. And since the last prophet in the Bible, there was quite a long wait, about like 400 years in between the last book of the Bible and like the Gospels, 400 years for God to make sure on his promises. And Israel has been waiting for this. Young Mary has been waiting for this promise. And so when the angel Gabriel comes along and brings this big announcement to Mary, this is it, the baby's coming and he is the one that is going to save everyone and be the forever king. The whole world is going to be blessed through this baby. And what does Mary say? Right at the end of the passage she looked at last week, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I just am blown away by that response because it shows that she humbly accepts her part in God's saving plan. As scary as that would be for this teenage girl um, who's currently still unmarried, she faithfully commits to serving God in this way. Now, our part in God's saving plan is not going to be the same as Mary's because there's only one child who was born to save the world, and that was Jesus. But God does call us to a life of faithful obedience. So while we wait for Jesus to return we are actually called to keep pointing others back to Jesus. In our words and in our actions, no matter what the cost is, on our friendships or on our work situation. And each year around this time, around Christmas, it feels like we're given like a free pass to talk about anything religious and Christian. Right? Like even just in the last week, I've seen more nativity scenes in shopping centres and in community centres than I thought would be feasible these days and it's amazing so and even like the Christmas carols playing everywhere right they're talking about Jesus so what a great opportunity that we have in the lead up to Christmas in these next few weeks to keep on having conversations with our work colleagues with our family with friends who don't yet know Jesus to point them back to what Christmas is really all about Point them back to Jesus. So, 
back to our passage. Uh, hands up here if you've ever had a baby before. Some people, great, great. Okay, those people, um, what is like the first thing you do when you find out you're pregnant? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, okay. Let me, let me give you a hint. You make like a big announcement, right? Don't you? Oh, <laughs> Announce it to the world. All right. So, well, I was doing some research. I mean, I haven't had kids or anything. Um, so uh, I, I Googled what you do when you're preggers. And uh, these were the top three in case you need any advice to this, right? So uh, number one is the, is the cute, typical bun in the oven. Uh, number two is a bit extra. So, you know, you're up to number four. Do the Star Wars sign. Uh, and number three, if you're ever going to have twins, do the plot twist. They, that was, they were cute. Now, before you announce on social media that you're going to have a baby, you've got to tell the close friends and family first, right? You can't offend anyone. So, the first person that Mary goes to visit is her cousin Elizabeth. Um, the, and Elizabeth is the other one that's having a miracle baby. So, if you remember, um, Elizabeth um, is promised... Uh, this child, it's going to be John the Baptist, um, spoiler alert, sorry, um, and this is a miracle child because she was really old, couldn't have children, uh, God spoke to Zechariah and um, I'll get to what happens to him in a moment, but uh, it does take a bit of time to get to Elizabeth's place, so um, Mary doesn't just like get in a car and drive 20 minutes to go to her cousin's place, um, she walks two to three days to get to her house in a small town in the hill country of Judea just to share this news. Okay, so she has three days to work on this announcement, the big baby announcement, right? So just imagine that, um, that Mary is busting to tell Elizabeth everything that's happened to her. Like she's been visited by an angel. She's going to have God's baby, uh, like... There's just so much going on, even in those two things. Um, and she's worked out how to give the big announcement. She enters their home, says, hello, Elizabeth. And then, surprise, baby John the Baptist steals Mary's thunder. Okay? Have a look at verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. As soon as Mary arrives, baby John, still in Elizabeth's tummy, is described as leaping for joy. It's not just a normal kick. The word is also used for a lamb jumping in the fields. So it's a big leap, it's a big movement, and it's John's first little prophecy from the womb. Very exciting. And then Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies to Mary with a joyful outburst. She uses the word blessed a lot. So when I go through what that might mean here, 
using the word blessed is like acknowledging that God has given something good to you. Um, Or sometimes it's asking God to give you good things. Or sometimes it's God saying, I will give you good things. There's lots of good things going on here. And um, the good things might not be material things, but they are always for the good of the person and for the good of his overall saving plan. So Elizabeth here calls Mary blessed for being chosen to carry the saviour of the world. So this young teenage girl is going to be remembered for this great task that she was given and her faithful obedience to God. She also calls the child in her womb, who we know to be Jesus, blessed because she knows he is the promised Lord. And Elizabeth herself is blessed simply because Mary comes to visit her. And again, Mary is commended for her faith in God, in verse 45. She is blessed because she believed the message from the Lord and trusted that God would fulfil his promise. Now, this is really significant coming from Elizabeth because when her husband, Zechariah, first received the message from God that he, did, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe that Elizabeth could have a child. Now, Elizabeth has a silent husband, Maybe you think that's a blessing, but here it's not because it's a sign of his lack of faith. And so Mary is blessed. She received God's favour, his grace, and the result will be blessing to the world because of Jesus. Even now, years later, we still look on Mary as one who was favoured or blessed by God, don't we? But we've got to remember why. She is called blessed because she believed and trusted in God. She believed that God's word was true and she was humble and obeyed him. So it wasn't because she was an extra special person who deserved this. And we too are blessed because of the child she carried. Everyone who trusts Jesus is saved. That's what he was born to do. He was born to grow up as fully God and fully human, to take our place and die on the cross, to take the punishment for all of our sin, and then to rise again to new life on the third day so that we might have new life with him forever too. And now he reigns, the king of kings in heaven, and he's waiting to return, but he's waiting for more people to trust him before he does. So the blessings that we can count already, I mean, there's numerous, but just a a few. We are forgiven, we're saved, we are an adopted child of God. These are the spiritual blessings that we have right now. And we have that promise of eternal life to look forward to in the future. Now, the Bible does show us that God fulfills his promises, just like Mary was waiting for, and just like Mary believed he would. So we've got no reason to think that he wouldn't fulfill this promise that Jesus will come back again. So keep trusting him if you already do. And if you don't, ask the person um, who brought you along. Or come and chat to me or to Nat or Alex or Bridget. We'd love to talk more. Uh, Now this next bit in the passage I do love. Um, It reminds me of the spontaneity of teenagers. uh, And... Let me just work out a few things. Okay, here we go. You ready for it? 
okay? She burst out into song, um, as you do when your soul is full and excited and full of joy because God has decided to be so kind and good to her. So she sings um, and she glorifies the Lord and her spirit rejoices praising him. And why? In verse 48, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Isn't that amazing? God has been kind enough to look at Mary and to bless her with a child, his child. And it says something amazing about Mary that the first thing she does after finding out she's pregnant with the future king of the world and receiving Elizabeth's word of blessing is to just praise God. She doesn't let it go to her head. She's not arrogantly saying, respect me, I'm the mother of your Lord. No, she takes her new responsibilities that the Lord has given her and praises him for choosing such a lowly, humble servant. It's not false humility like the hashtag blessed that is used for disguising a humble brag. No, she knows the reality of who she is before God. She refers to herself as a lowly servant. She is a person of low social standing. She's just a small teenager from backwater Nazareth, not even married yet. And she calls God Lord, Saviour, Mighty One and Holy. She knows her place before our great God and she knows that she is completely undeserving of all of this. She's completely dependent on him. And God has decided to use her for his saving plan. He's done great things for her and he will do great things for generation after generation as her son goes. And they still do today. And this is where I think we should take our cue from Mary. Mary praises God, not herself. We we have never meant to worship Mary. We are meant to worship the God who blessed her the God who blesses us with Jesus, our Saviour. You see, God doesn't just do great things for her, but for everyone in all generations. In verse 50, for the people who believed in God throughout history and have seen God's mercy. With his mighty deeds in verse 51, God delivered his people from Egypt and he's also working to deliver his people now from sin. God is one who scatters the proud those who are fiercely independent and arrogant and think that they don't need God. You might remember the story of King Nebuchadnezzar from Daniel, the king who had statues of himself built for everyone to worship. God truly humbled this guy. King Neb became like an ox, like a wild animal. He was out of his right mind. He was eating grass. He couldn't speak like a human. Like that's bringing a great man down real low. When he finally had his right mind, he realised God was the one to be worshipped. In verse 52, it says, He humbles the powerful rulers and lifts up the weak and humble. You might remember Joseph, who was sold into slavery, thrown into prison just to be raised up to be second in charge of Egypt so that he could forgive his family and save them from starving. 
And it also says in this song that God fills the hungry with good things and the rich go away empty. And you might remember the story uh, where a rich young ruler asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? I follow all the commands. And so Jesus tells him to go and sell everything that he has. And the rich man goes away really sad. And it reveals something about his heart, trusting and depending on his possessions instead of trusting and depending on God. So he goes away empty. And these are not just descriptions of what God has done throughout Israel's history. They are the descriptions of the great reversals he will bring in his future kingdom. Anyone recognise this? You know, when you're playing Uno and you're on the winning streak and then some other player just in front of you puts down the reverse card and your game completely changes. It goes right around the group again and then by the time it comes back to you, someone's put down a draw two and then another draw two and by the time it gets to you, you're drawing 16 cards or whatever. Um, It's like that but 10 times worse, (laughs) depending on which side you're on, if you're on your own side or if you're on God's team. Okay, so those who are like they're on top of the world now with no need for God, they'll be turned away from the gates of heaven empty-handed. But those of us who come empty-handed now, knowing that they need a saviour and trusting in Jesus, they will be saved. They will be filled. Theirs will be the victory when Christ comes again. And Mary's song ends with the reminder that God has helped his servant Israel because of his mercy, his kindness, his goodness, just like he said he would according to his promises. Mary has had the immense privilege of hearing and being directly part of God's saving plan. She's heard the son she now bears is going to be the promised Messiah, the saviour who will rule forever, and whose kingdom will never end. She looks forward to the fulfilment and all that that means, and so do we. This time of year, Christmas, uh, we think not just of the first time that Jesus came into the world, but we do look forward to his return as well. Mary had such great faith in God, and I hope we do too. Be encouraged that God works through humble people, like teenagers, like kids, Like me, like you, God works through us for his great plans. He has blessed us with the saviour of the world, Jesus. He has given everyone who trusts him the Holy Spirit to give us even just a little bit of that boldness to have great faith in him. So how might you use that this Christmas? If you know people who are not yet saved, Be praying for them. Pray that God's blessing of salvation would also be extended to them. Pray for an opportunity this Christmas to ask them about it, to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, Maybe you want to invite one of those people along to a Christmas service and get that conversation started. Um, And I encourage you to work out how you might have that conversation over dinner um, together. Uh, Most of all, God has done many great things for us because of Jesus. And so I I hope that we find joy like Mary's that like calls us to burst out into song 
you might like to burst out into a Christmas carol. We're going to do that in just a moment. Um, And uh, to praise God for sending his saviour, to praise him because he's working now in each one of us and to ask him to bring about the salvation of many because he promised he would.